welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're talking about selling to a developer. And this actually is an interesting one, Andrew. It comes from a listener of the show, Sean, who says, Hey, Jed's avid listeners to the podcast. My partner and I have recently purchased our first home. Well done, by the way, Sean. Three bed standalone in Auckland on a cross lease section. Now, like most places in Auckland these days, lots of development around apartments and townhouses going up around them. Now, Sean has said jokingly to his partner the other day, what if we move in and then after waiting so long, we get a knock on our door from a developer wanting to buy the land? Well, what would I do if this happened? What's the process for fee simple or freehold properties versus cross-lease properties? And how would you know you're getting a good price for your property? Cheers, love your work, Sean. So we're going to answer this for you today, Sean. Though, if you want some more detail as well, we did release episode 620, where we talked about should you sell your property with your neighbour so you can appeal to developers, which is another banger. But we're going to specifically dig into this one. Now, just walk us through, Andrew, what is the difference for a developer purchasing a property between whether it's cross-lease or whether it's simple? Well, it's a little bit more complicated when it's a cross-lease. And in fact, you're probably not going to appeal to many developers on its own. And the reason for this is because when you've got a cross-lease, you're part of a wider section, which is owned by your neighbour as well. And you and your neighbour have a design, which has been done by a surveyor, which shows the existing dwellings on the properties. That's called your flats plan. Now, essentially, if you want to do anything that changes the unit, then it's a change to the flats plan, so you need your neighbour's consent. So what that means is if a developer comes along, buys your property, which is cross-lease, and then says, okay, I'm going to bowl that house down, I'm going to put four units there, your neighbour's going to say, no way, because that's going to you know, change the whole scope of my view, and so I'm not going to consent to that. And so the developer doesn't have any power to do any development on that unit, until he owns both or gets consent from the neighbours, which is unlikely. At that stage, your neighbour's probably going to say, yeah, I'll sell as well, or no, bugger off. So that's probably the biggest difference. If it's a fee simple, it's very easy. The developer can do whatever they want within the land, subject to the the council permitting the ability to do that. And so you don't have to consent the neighbours unless you go outside of the covenants of the land. So if you are on a cross lease, it's probably a good idea if you hear that knock, knock, knock on the door, go have a chit chat to your neighbour and see if you can sell together. Because there is an extra incentive to sell if you are on a cross lease. Because usually, you know, a cross lease property in Auckland, it might go, if you decided to sell it on the open market, for about 50k less than it would otherwise sell for compared to if it was freehold. So if you have two properties side by side, exactly the same in every way except one is cross lease, one is freehold, usually the price difference is about 50k. Now that's according to Good Title, which is a surveying firm, which is actually owned by Service, which is also a land surveying firm who've been on the show before, really great company. Now if you convert a cross lease property, so let's say Sean you wanted to sell your property, If you wanted to get that extra 50k uplifted value, you'd need to convert your property from a cross lease across to fee simple. Now that costs about 20k and takes a lot of time because you've got to get agreement with your neighbours. But if you are both selling to a developer together, then the developer is able to convert those more 
easily because they don't have to negotiate with any of the neighbors. So you may be able to negotiate a really good price between you and your neighbor, maybe not getting a 50k discount each compared to if it was freehold, maybe lessening that a wee bit. And you might be in a better negotiating position because then you don't have to spend the 20k to make it fee simple and get that little bit of uplift. So really good incentive or something just to think about if you are cross-lease and then you get that on your door. Now, Andrew, how do I know, and this is a great question from Sean, how do I know whether the price the developer is offering me is a good price? So if you go back to 620, here's a good rule of thumb. So Barford and Thompson agent Jack Ng sold neighbouring house in Howick for $2.916 million. So that meant that people in the surrounding area expected to add another 300000 to their sale price. So say they had a $1.2 million expectation, they were hoping now they'd get one point five. But realistically, when they sold together, it was only worth another 100000 more boost. So one point two to one point three just a very broad rule of thumb, you could add it maybe 100000 to your house. Probably a better way of doing it is just to involve a real estate agent to help negotiate for you. We talk often in the show about the number of people that are receiving these letters or these random knocks on the doors from developers at the moment. And I tend to say that the developers are probably offering a lesser amount and saying, well, you're saving an agent's fees. Because the market is going up at such a drastic rate quickly at the moment, I think it's better to probably just use a real estate agent. And if you get another $50,000 doing that, it's probably just worth paying the agent's fees and actually having someone look after you in that process. Another way, you could actually go onto Property Guru if you've got access to that, and you can see what developers have paid for pockets of land. So you can search for areas around you. The issue with this process is it does take a wee while for the sales data to show on Property Guru. So you might be a few months behind the eight ball there, which is why often a real estate agent that maybe specialises in land sales might be the best option. Now, let's talk about that. Hey, look, you've got that on the door, and you're like, sweet developers here, what's the process for getting this property sold and actually selling to them? Well, if you get that knock-knock on the door, it's potentially not a developer themselves. It might be a land finder which they have hired or they are contracting out to. So potentially a representative of a developer or somebody who goes out there and tries to get properties under contract which they can then sell onto developers. And look, Christchurch people, you know all about those letters in your letterbox. We've talked about them on the show before. But what's the process? Okay, they want to buy a house. Often they'll do a quick look around the property, take a look at the land. Usually they will have looked at the sort of zones that they are looking for. So making sure that, hey, if they bowl down your house, that they could actually build enough properties there. They'll be looking in areas that have good zoning. And often they'll give you an offer pretty quickly, sometimes on the spot, sometimes might take 24 hours. It depends on what you're looking for. If you want a quick offer, they'll probably give you one pretty quickly. And they will relatively quickly ask you to sign a sale and purchase agreement and they might have some clauses to agree there but usually they'll be looking to do a private contract get you to sign it and then you'll send it off to your lawyer so you might sign the contract subject to solicitor's approval they might sign it subject to finance or a couple of other different things but one thing that's very very important to remember and we have talked about this before is that a developer will typically ask for a delayed settlement now this is very important to develop So they might want to contract the land today, but they may not want to pay you the money for, say, four or five months down the line. Now, why is that the case? Because the developer can't get a mortgage for your property until a whole heap of things have happened. First, they need to get consent 
for the properties that they are going to build on your piece of land. They are going to need to get those designed up. They're going to need to progress those through council, obviously, in order to get consent. And they're also going to have to get a couple of pre-sales. Now, those pre-sales and the resource consent is needed before they can get finance, either from the banks or from some of their other lenders, in order to be able to actually build the houses. So that's why a developer doesn't want to give you the money straight away, because otherwise they'll have to pay that in cash. They want a delayed settlement so they can get the money from the bank later on and use that to pay you the money. So I actually called up friend of the show, Vinnie Holloway from Brooksfield, you know, and asked him about this. I said, well, how important is that delayed settlement? Is very important, very important. And somebody selling to a developer, you know, they might ask me, can I have a shorter settlement? And he'll say, yes, but I'll need to offer you less money because I'm going to have to pay you in cash. So if you're wanting that additional amount, then yes, you potentially can sell for a premium to developers, but make sure that you're aware you might not be able to settle that for five, six months. Now, if you're doing it just because you want a bit of a windfall, you want to sell your property for a bit more money, then that's cool. You might be willing to accept that. Just be aware as well that over those five or six months, the market may move as well. So you might be getting a 100k premium in today's market, but if the market moves up another 50k, then the premium you actually got was a little bit less than what you thought potentially, because you're still going to have to go buy another house. Does that cover most of it, Andrew? Is there anything I've missed off there? Yeah, actually, just a couple of things I want to add. So often you will be presented, if you get a sale and purchase from someone who's acquiring land on behalf of developers, there will often be a clause in there to protect you because you're going to go to your lawyer. So there'll be a solicitor's approval clause. Be very careful on the solicitor's approval clause. Probably send the contract to your lawyer first. Don't sign it first because of the solicitor's approval clause because often it will say things like subject to the vendor's solicitor's approval to form and content. Form and content means that the contract needs to be sound and there can't be any wording that your solicitor disagrees with. It doesn't mean your solicitor can get you out of the deal. So if you sign it, it's very, very hard for your lawyer to say, actually, we don't agree to this contract anymore because my client, Mrs. Malvery, has actually been you know, tricked into selling this and she doesn't want to sell it. Tough luck. If you've signed that contract, you're stuck with that. And you do just have to be aware of this because there's some great land people out there who are acquiring land. And then there are some who are maybe a little more unscrupulous. I was talking to a guy just the other day in an event that I was at. And he was saying that he'd listened to the podcast and he found it quite funny because he received a letter in the post from actually someone that we mentioned on the show. And then he received another one the same day from a different person. And actually, we were saying that they could very likely be the same person. They were trying to track that down. And so they were different handwriting, but he thinks that they were just being delivered at the same time. And then what will happen is you'll think that you're dealing with two different people and you'll get good cop, bad cop routine. And someone will give you a really average price and someone will give you a slightly better price and you'll think you're getting a good deal. And then actually, if you find you go to a real estate agent, you could have got another hundred grand. And actually, interestingly enough, a friend of mine who's a real estate agent was selling some land on behalf of someone recently who had been approached by a developer and managed to get them significantly more money from a different developer because he went to the market it's so borderline dodgy, right? I mean, it's almost as bad as... It's almost Clever. as bad... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it reminds me of what you did when you were purchasing your own house. <laughs> uh. 
So look, Sean, it's it's probably worth considering if you get that rap, rap, rap on the door. But in the cross-lease situation, you've just got to be aware that you're probably going to need your neighbour on board in order to really sell to a developer. Because, of course, we've got those legal issues around the flats plan and the fact that you guys technically own the land underneath your properties together. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to learn more about property, check out our YouTube channel. Every Wednesday at 10 a.m., we release a new video for you. And I think we've actually got over 100 videos on there. So either click the link in the show notes, so tap or swipe over the cover up, links in there, or just Google Opus Partners YouTube. It'll be one of the first things that come up. Hit that subscribe button. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.